Wow, wasn't that awesome? Matt is actually he's on a worship team at Pellissippi this weekend, and he and his wife serve and their family, and it is just amazing to watch them grow. Uh, his wife oversees our Kids Hope, and this weekend at Pellissippi, uh, Saturday at Pellissippi on, on our angel tree, she ran all that, and it's just amazing to watch what God is doing. In this series, A Story Christmas, we are comparing a biblical Christmas story with a modern Christmas story. And let me tell you, it's really easy to compare people to the biblical narrative because people have been and always will be the same. Since the fall of the garden, after Adam and Eve sinned, we are all in the same boat, aren't we? We may look a little different. We may be different age, different sex, but we are all people. We are all broken, and we all need Jesus. Amen? And so no matter what campus you're at this weekend, you could be worshiping at Campbell or at Anderson or our North Knox campus or Blount County or the Internet or Pellissippi, wherever you're with us this weekend. And you did pick a great weekend to worship with us as we start this Christmas season. Wherever you are, we all are the same. We really are. We compare brokenness. Well, I'm not as broken as they are, but we're all broken, aren't we? And again, we simply need Jesus, and that's why there was a Christmas. Now, Matt was a very, and is still is today, a very successful businessman. Runs a large uh, amount of business. It's amazing uh, what God has given him to oversee. Uh, but, but Matt what is, but really used to be, as he, as he said in the video, chasing the next title and the next dollar and the next promotion was a very busy businessman. And all of us are busy in some shape, fashion, or form, just like the innkeeper was busy. Busy providing for his family, busy running the inn, busy taking care of stuff there in Bethlehem. We are all in, we're all busy. And as Matt was busy with his career, Matt went to church. Now listen, there's a difference between going to church and being the church. There's a difference between taking your kids to church and training your kids for the church. Amen? And Matt used to be on the wrong side of that equation. He went to church, but his primary focus was about building his career, building his portfolio, and building the business. And what Matt did is Matt fell prey to one of the most insidious, evil, diabolical tools the devil has ever used. It is one of the most powerful weapons in the arsenal of the enemy. It is a weapon that we rarely think about, we rarely talk about, but it is a weapon that affects every single one of us to one degree or another. And if we're not careful, we will be laid waste by this weapon. This is the weapon. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. Distraction. Distortion. A diversion. A detour. All the same weapon. And what it is, is it takes our focus off the primary purpose for which God has us on this planet. It's a stronghold, really. We don't think about it. We don't look at it that way. You may have never heard it before. But, but again, it's this, it's this detour that, that the devil takes us on. This diversion away from the thing that absolutely matters the most. Does that make sense? 
Yeah, we don't look like it. See, Matt wasn't ruining his life chasing women. He wasn't out there on running porn sites. He wasn't stealing money or lying or cheating the government. He wasn't involved in destroying his body with drugs or alcohol. None of that stuff. But he was distracted from the primary purpose for which he was saved, and that is to make Jesus the Lord of every area of your life. Does that make sense? Now think about it where you, see if, if the primary purpose that we are saved is to bring glory and honor to God and, 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 and to make Jesus Lord of every area of our life, then everything that comes into our life that distracts us from that primary pur- purpose is an attack from the enemy. We just don't look at it that way, do we? But we are distracted like the innkeeper. We all have this horrible case of spiritual ADD. Attention deficit disorder. Squirrel. Squirrel. Y'all know what I'm talking about? I mean, you get up in the morning, have a quiet time, say, boy, today I'm going to focus on Jesus. Today I'm going to love everybody. Today I'm going to be a witness. And you get in traffic on the way to work. And before you know it, you have lost your salvation and you haven't even got to work yet. You know what I'm talking about? You've, you've been diverted. The focus is off the father and it's on to that person that's driving in the fast lane at 56 miles an hour. And you know that they got their driver's license at Kmart. You know that they've never been trained to drive in the fast lane. You know what I'm talking about? A diversion. See, we're all easily distracted from our primary purpose, which is making Jesus Lord. Would you agree with that? It's like, Matt, it is so easy to be sucked into this vortex of the supremacy of success. I have to go to school. I have to get a good education. I have to get a good job. I have to make a lot of money and I have to take care of my family. So I'm going to put my kids in private school and I have to fulfill this American dream. And, and, and I'm just get we get drawn into the tractor beam of the American dream. What happens is then we take our focus off the father. We're diverted. We're distracted over here. Does that make sense? You think that might be happening to anybody with us this weekend? All of us to one degree or another. Again, if we, if we just turn the clock back 2,000 years to Christmas, we see the exact same scenario in the life of the innkeeper. The innkeeper is just doing the deal. He wasn't a busy man. He wasn't a horrible man. He wasn't a, a child abuser. He wasn't anything that we know of. He was just busy taking care of his inn. Now, we don't even know his name. Matter of fact, it could have been her. Lady said, oh, oh no, huh? Oh, no, no, no. We wouldn't have put Mary out. You wouldn't have known she was Mary. Just another pregnant Jewish lady in an already over full inn. Could have been her. I know you don't believe that, ladies, but could, could have been. Could have been. And, and so, so, uh, so as we were working on the video and our creative team was working and, and I was going through the scripture, you know what I found out? That the innkeeper's not even mentioned. He's not even mentioned. So in Luke chapter 2, verse 7, which is where we, where we find the inference of the innkeeper, whatever his or her name may have been, and she gave birth to a firstborn son, and she wrapped him in clothes, cloths, and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the what? That's the only thing we hear about the inn. Now, 
Now, he, so he's born in a barn because it said he was, he, was born, he was born in a stable, which is a barn, and then laid in a manger, which is a feed trough. Now, it could have been a barn. It could have been a, it could have been a cave. More than likely, when we went to Israel to shoot East, last year's Easter message, we went to Bethlehem. And, and it's more than likely it was a cave, but it's a cave that was made into a barn. So it's full of animals and there's a feed trough and Mary gives birth and she puts him in a feed trough and because there was no room for them in the inn. Now, was it the innkeeper's inn? We don't know. Now, I love spiritual speculation, don't y'all? I really do. I love looking at the story and thinking about all the players and what really happened. And so what we want to always be very careful at Faith Promise to tell you what is spiritual speculation and what is declaring the word. You know what I'm talking about? So we're always going to be very careful. So that's actually all that we know about the innkeeper. Let me tell you what we do know. We know that Bethlehem was packed with people. Why? Because Quirinius uh, the, the governor, Caesar, had sent a decree that all of the world would be taxed and everybody had to go to their hometown. They couldn't do a census. They couldn't. They had to go back to the hometown. And so Joseph was in the lineage of King David. So he had to go back to King David's hometown, which was Bethlehem. And so he takes Mary, his wife that he, or his, you know, he's engaged to, and he takes her there. And, and while she's there, she gives birth. But we know that Bethlehem was not bigger than probably a block. It's a very small little, wasn't even a city. It wasn't even a town. It was just this little hamlet. And, and it was packed with people because all these people had come in for the census. So the inn was packed, which was a gold mine for who? The innkeeper, absolutely. The innkeeper is working 24-7 because the inn is absolutely packed, which is probably a house with an extra room or whatever the case. It wasn't, it wasn't a Holiday Inn Express. It, it you know, wasn't the Hampton Inn. It certainly wasn't the Marriott, none of this stuff. And so he's working around the clock because you ever heard this? Make, you got to make hay while the sun is shining. And let me tell you what that does. I understand the sentiments. Okay, it's time to work. Let's get this work done and let's, let's make a lot of money. But the deal is that gives us an excuse to work in excess. It gives all of us an excuse to forsake our family and to be diverted and distorted from our primary purpose, which is in making Jesus Lord of every area of our lives. I'm not saying you have to quit your job. You're a missionary wherever your job is. If you're a student, you're a missionary at school. Wherever you are, if you're making Jesus Lord, then, then you're interjecting Jesus into whatever scenario you are, wherever you find yourself. And so, but if you, if you use the excuse like the innkeeper and there's no room for Jesus, and you work all these hours, you make everything else secondary. Nobody ever got to the end of the life and said this, I wish I would have worked more overtime. <laughs> Amen? They did a study of people that were 100 years old. And there were about four or five things they all said that if they had to do over again. Number one, they would have worked less and they would have risked more. And I don't want to look in the rearview mirror. Do y'all regretting? And I want to move. I want to move forward. So the innkeeper is distracted, which again, all of us are easily distracted from our primary purpose. Would y'all agree with that? Now, probably spiritual speculation. The innkeeper was a good Sabbath-keeping Jew, but even if he was not a good Sabbath-keeping Jew, 
If you were a Jew in Israel at that time, you knew one thing. You knew that the prophecies of the Messiah. You didn't have to, you didn't have to go to Sabbath school all the way through your life to realize that, that the Messiah was coming. Not only was he coming, but if you lived in Bethlehem, you know what else you knew? He was going to be born in Bethlehem. You knew that. It was clear. Remember when the wise men came and they showed up and they asked Herod where the baby was going to be born, the Messiah, and they called the Pharisees in. They said, where's the Messiah? And he said, oh, it was in Micah. I mean, he's going to be born in, in, he's going to be born in Bethlehem. I mean, there's no question. So the innkeeper knew some things. He knew that the Messiah was coming. He knew the Messiah was going to be born in Bethlehem. But when he showed up and knocked at his door, there was no room. Now, with a little more spiritual speculation. Are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. We could have known the innkeeper's name had he made room for Jesus. Matter of fact, he could have two or three verses. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? This guy could be a hero. He, man, we could be talking about him right now, 21 centuries later, but he was distracted and he missed his opportunity. He was a nameless, busy businessman who was distracted by all of his stuff. The Messiah is at his door and he missed him. Now, Matt, we go back to Matt's story. Matt's story has a great ending, doesn't it? He realized he wasn't walking with God. He repented and, and man, entered into this covenant relationship and now serves God with every aspect. Even in his business, he serves the Lord. When we have the Global Leadership, Leadership Summit in August, he brings his, all of his leadership team from his businesses and brings them to the Global Leadership Summit. He is always interjecting Jesus in every aspect of his life. And so Matt's story could have ended badly, but it didn't. We don't really know how the innkeeper's story Ended. But let me ask you, how does your story intersect with Christmas? How does your story intersect with Jesus? Now, was the shepherd around later that night or maybe the next night when the shepherd showed up? What, did he think they were dropping acid when they started telling some wild tale about a cosmic laser light show and a rock and roll band and a myriad of angels strumming it up and singing some jam from heaven that the Son of God was born? Did he say, well, you know, oh, wait a minute. There's a kid that was, did he, did he put it all together? We don't know. Or was he too busy pursuing the Judean dream of a house and a white picket fist and two and a half kids in an SUV? Did, what, what did he do? We, we don't know. We know what happened to Matt. But what's happening to you? Where, again, where do you intersect this deal? Because, you know, we, we, it's easy to miss Christmas in all, of the, in all of the stuff that goes on today, isn't it? I mean, see, we've lost the birth of Jesus, and Wall Street now owns the holiday. Doesn't it? We all go in debt. We make stupid financial decisions because Wall Street has said if we buy more gifts, we'll be happier until June 15th when the visa bill comes. You know, hey, listen, buy presents. Don't go in debt for presents. If you don't have the money to buy presents, then just tell your family, hey, we don't have any money, man. Let's celebrate the birth of Jesus. Don't go out and put a bunch of stuff that you can't afford to buy for people you don't like. <laughs> Amen. So it's easy to miss, even as a Christ follower, 
It's easy to miss the celebration of Christ's invasion because of all of the stuff going around Christmas. Would you all agree with that? See, it's easy. That's, that's easy. It's sad. It's sad. Let me tell you what's really, let me tell you what's way worse than sad. That's being distracted and being busy and being diverted and missing Jesus. Because, see, that has cataclysmic, eternal consequences that will never go away. We Christians can get busy and lose the worship of Christmas, and that's sad. But if you're not saved and you miss the Christ of Christmas, and you spend forever in a Christless, godless, hopeless hell, that is a, that is, that's consequences that are cataclysmic. Would you agree with that? And so it's easy to get diverted. Oh, I'm, hey, I'll worry about that later. And I got this. And I'll, again, diverted. Remember, it's a, it's a tool of the enemy that we never look at. The being distracted can be a tool of the enemy, do we? Y'all ever think of it? You ever pray against distractions? No, we don't even think like that. In 1972, there was a, a jumbo jet coming in for a landing over the Everglades. And as, the, as they got near the landing, the, the crew dropped the landing gear. And there's a 39-cent light bulb that when the landing gear locked in place, it popped on. And so the crew knew, the pilot and the, and the, you know, the co-pilot knew that the landing gear was down. Well, they pushed the button, but the light bulb didn't come on. And so all of the crew are looking at the dashboard. You see where this is going? Cataclysmic consequences of being, distort, of being distracted, they're all focusing on the light bulb. Nobody is noticing the altimeter. The pilot never knew until he crashed into the Everglades, killing almost every passenger on board, distracted. And see, that's what the devil wants to do. If you're a Christian to distract you from your primary purpose, which is making Jesus Lord of every area of your life. Does that make sense? But if you're here as a guest, you've been coming, and you've not made Jesus Lord, you've never been born again. See, he wants to get you distracted from that too. He wants to get you focused on something else. He wants to get you off that. Does that make sense? So that, so that you'll miss heaven, and he'll have you forever in hell distracted. Thank God that Matt had ears to hear in the midst of his pursuing money. Listen, he's still, he's more successful today in business than he ever has been. Nothing, I'm not saying about being successful, but Jesus needs to be Lord. Amen? And you can be even more successful with Jesus as Lord. You can run your business the biblical way and be even more successful. You don't have to say, well, Christians, man, they can't be successful. crazy. It's a distortion. It's turning us off. And so where, where are you? Are you too busy for Jesus? Or, or do you have any room? Or would, would Jesus, if he knocks on your heart this weekend at any one of our campuses, do you look and say, I'm too busy. I, there's no room in the end of my heart. There's no room for the Lord. Now listen, what we've, what we've done in the 21st century church is we said, hey, just sort of tack Jesus onto the rest of your stuff. See, what we need to do is make room 
not in the closet of our heart. Y'all with me? Not in the garage of our heart. We need to make room on the throne room of our heart and put Jesus as Lord over all. Amen. Come on, somebody ask and give me some praise. So listen, with no distraction, no detour, if you're wondering if you're truly a believer, if you've ever really given Jesus your heart, but to give you an opportunity to open your heart and say, I've got room. I want you to be Lord. And so if you're ready to if you're ready to repent, if you're ready to turn away from your old life and you're ready to turn by faith to Jesus, then he's ready to save you. For the Bible says, whosoever called upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And so if you're ready to call, he's ready to save. We do our part sinning, he does his part forgiving. Amen. And we're good at sinning, aren't we? Come on, he's good at forgiving. So with every head bowed, every closed, we're going, to, we're going to pray together. Faith promise we're going to pray with them. We're going to pray a confessional prayer. If you're ready to open your heart up, would you just say, Dear Jesus, I know that I've sinned, and I am so sorry. Forgive me. Come into my heart. Not a little part. Be the Lord of my life. I put my faith in you. Save me. Now help me walk with you as Lord of every area in Jesus' name. And all God's people said, wow, give the Lord some praise, would you? Man. Wow. Wow. Now, in just a minute, we're going to be dismissed. That would have been good to be in the house of God. Man, come on, somebody. Woo! So, uh, internet campus, you can go to the chat room or you can fill the, just click right there and you can, you can go, you can fill the communication card out. Somebody will be in touch with you. Uh, in just a minute, when we're dismissed, there will be campus pastors. If you need to pray with someone, they'll be right here for you. Or take your communication card out. If you prayed that prayer with me, if you gave your heart to Jesus, if you'll fill that out, drop the offering box or take it to the next steps area. Maybe you want to sign up to, you know, man, it, this year's going to be over soon and you want to sign up for our next steps class. You want to start 15. You want to be a part of the core of people who really are man, just essential in making faith promise be all that God wants it to be or you need a group or serving or fill out the, fill out the communication card it's in, drop in the offering boxes and, and, man, and, and somebody will be in touch with you the next couple of days. And then we printed a bunch more because you took them all. Now, amen, way to go. Now, now, was that video awesome? Wasn't that awesome? Listen, next weekend is, is going to be Unbelievable. Next weekend, of all three weeks, all three weekends are great to bring, especially people that are far from God, but next weekend is the best weekend. Matter of fact, just bring, some, bring a hanky. Because we have a, another story of a faith. This is a, a Blunt County uh, attender, uh, a part of our core, and you're, you, are gonna, you will not believe what God has done. So bring your friends, take some cards, invite these, uh, pass them out, and then I think in a resource center at my house, because I, I sleep uh, with the worship pastor. <clears throat> I had a lot of worship leaders. I could never get them to do what I want. So I figured the only way to get to do one was sleep with them. And so uh, <laughs> if you're a first-time guest, Michelle is my wife, okay? Let's just... 
<laughs> I just want to make sure you get that. So, but we have been rocking at my, oh, there's Michelle. We have been rocking at our house. To, it's, not a, it's not a full deal. It's called an EP. What's that stand for? Okay. Well, you don't know. Nobody knows. Okay, so it's got an EP. There's five songs. And we're starting to do more original Faith Promise stuff. Don't y'all love, man, the Faith Promise original stuff? And so you can get it on iTunes. You can get it in the Resource Center. Take these with you. Man, take, take them with you and, uh, and, and invite friends. Listen, pray with me. I know Heart for Harvest is over. It's done. I'm not going to talk about it anymore. But year-end giving is starting. <laughs> so it's new. It's new. But all of our business people give, give their, their, the bulk of their giving year-end when they, when they close the books down. So, man, let's pray this year. Matter of fact, when we did Heart for the Harvest, we always take out of Heart for the Harvest a, we, a budget, a, a weekly budget. Like our budget every week is $144,000. That's what it takes to run all five campuses of Faith Promise. We take that out. This year, we just said, hey, let's don't take that out. Let's just cinch our belts up. So let's don't spend any money. And let's leave every dime of Heart for the Harvest in Heart for the Harvest so that we can fund all the things that God's called us. And so I'm praying, which that put us behind budget for the first time this year. And I'm praying that year in giving is going to just soar. Amen? So, man, come on, give him praise. So year in. <clears throat> Offering this weekend, grab the, grab the cards and take them with you. And man, we're, listen, we love you guys so much, so much. Aren't you glad to be a part of the family of God? Be blessed. Merry Christmas. We'll see you next weekend.